Welcome back to the Den Mothers podcast, everyone. You are here with your favorite sisters and Den Mothers, Lauren and Camille. Hi, so excited to be here. Before we get started on today's episode, we just wanted to remind you that we have some really exciting stuff going on over at Patreon. If you want exclusive access to your Den Mother's additional content, if you want to see more about our lives, get the first chance to ask us questions about our upcoming episodes, head over to patreon.com slash the Den Mothers. And also, did we mention that every month that you are a very important Wolfpack member, you get entered in a raffle to win a two-on-one session with the two of us. So do not miss next month's raffle. Once again, sign up at patreon.com slash the Den Mothers for all our exclusive content. Yay, we're here. We are here. I am so excited about today's episode. We are going to be talking all about the great change, but I also wanted to mention something exciting. It is that your den mothers have a full-blown website now. Yes, we do, and it's really good. It's thedenmothers.com, and it's so fun and easy, easy, easy. You can easily find our everything we're doing our podcast episodes, our YouTube channel directly through there. You can sign up for our email list. You can join our Patreon. You can do everything you need to do to be engaged with us at thedenmothers.com. Two really cool little shindigs on there, which is number one, you can donate to us and support us through buying us a coffee. If you're not wanting to do the monthly Patreon membership, you can just show your support and show your love by buying us a coffee. And you can also now submit questions to us via voicemail. So if you want to have one of your questions thrown into an episode please, please go to thedenmothers.com and leave us a voicemail. We cannot wait to listen to what our Wolfpack has to say. Maybe on the fly right now, we should just introduce a new segment where we have a question a week from our voicemails. That could maybe be fun. I would absolutely love that. Yes. (laughs) We will do one. We can do that. We can do a commitment to one question a week via voicemail. Yes. And I promise we are going to get to the episode But we just have to throw this one more thing in there. If you all love us, please, if you listen on Apple, leave us a review. We love to hear from our Wolfpack. If you're listening to us every week and you're already screenshotting our episodes to send to your friends, please post it to your Instagram. We love our community. It helps us so much. We love to see who's listening and we want to keep growing this wolf pack bigger and bigger. Yes. And that's the, the thing is, is that when you're recording a podcast, I think I've said this before, we don't get the interaction with you all. So when you write us messages, when you share our stuff, when you engage with us in any way, it shows us that you're listening, that you care, that you want us to keep recording. And it's really what kind of gives us our juice. If you think about it, like, we're a MacBook and we need our energy source. You're our energy source. Yeah. You're our energy source. So please give us life, buy us coffee, leave us voicemails, and write us reviews. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, Camille and I are in two 
totally different parts of the world right now. Yesterday, she was boating on a yacht in the Caribbean. Where were you again? Puerto Aventuras. Yes, that's right. Puerto, Puerto Aventuras. And I am in a blizzard right now in <laughs> Olympic National Park, Washington. I mean, I'm watching chunks of snow come down so hard as we speak. It really is magnificent. It's a total winter wonderland. So it's fun, but we have some fun weekly updates, don't we, Lewis? We have some really fun weekly updates. I love that we're just in totally different places, but you know what? Sometimes the grass is greener. I loved being on the yacht and having so much fun, but when you sent me the photos in the snow, it does make a girl want to curl up by a fire with a cup of cocoa. Let me tell you, I've got a fire cooking right now. That's my job in our house. Shane is the cook and I basically take care of everything else, which includes the fire because I feel like if he made it, it's not that it wouldn't be wonderful. It's just that it would be a little bit haphazard. You know what I mean? Mine's more organized. Mm. It's like a fire that really can keep going all day. Yes. If it were Shane's fire, there would be absolutely no order to it. Would there be? No. No, and that's what we love about him, but it's just better if I do it. <laughs> Camille, why don't you tell us about your cacao and ecstatic dance ceremony? Because that sounded like a lot of fun. Yes, it was so much fun. I have had a really fun, very Tulumi style week. I've been doing a lot of fun things with friends. There's a, There are endless activities to do in Tulum. I will first say this. I have, since my big DMT journey, which we did a full episode on, in July 2021, believe it or not, that was over a year and a half ago, I have been not wanting to do any type of stimulants, any even even stimulating breath work, not even smoking a hit of weed, not even doing a caffeine, barely drinking alcohol. Like my body has been very sensitive. So they have ceremonial cacao rituals here in Tulum. So cacao has been used in indigenous cultures as a way to open your heart. It's the seed of the cocoa pods. So it tastes like a really rich, dark chocolate, almost like a dark chocolate, hot chocolate but it's really rich in minerals and it also boosts serotonin, dopamine. It's supposed to be something that opens your heart to love, happiness, joy. And I know that might sound like, well, yeah, why the hell wouldn't you do that? It's not like it's a drug or anything, but I was sort of in fear of these experiences that were going to bring up more stuff for me because I feel like I have just had a year and a half of just being absolutely rocked. (laughs) Yeah. So my girlfriends texted me and said, Hey, we want to go to this cacao ritual. It was a sober event. You do a opening ceremony, a sacred cacao circle. Then it was breath work, holotropic breath work, which is very stimulating breath work. And then a sound bath, singing, and two hours of ecstatic dance with a really great DJ. And it's on the beach under the stars. That's so fun. It's so fun. So I thought, okay, you know what? I feel like I'm in a place where I really want to do something like this. And I'm ready to do a 
a little bit of a stimulant, finally. So we sign up, and the night of, my girlfriends are all decided that they were going to go later. They were just going to go for the DJ and the dance portion. And I was just sitting at home at 6.30. I was supposed to be there by 7. And I'm like, you know what? No, I don't want to wait. I want to go and do this event by myself. Mm -hmm. Though that may seem scary, I get questions like this a lot of how do you make friends? We've gotten this question on our Patreon. I am a solo traveler right now. And doing events like this by yourself, there's just something different about it. You are more open to connection. You're a little bit more talkative because if you're by yourself, you're sort of feeling out the energy of new people rather than just sort of clinging on to the friendships that you already have. So doing stuff like this has been a really great way for me to meet friends. I like join volleyball leagues or go to little events, but I hadn't done one by myself for a while. So I went by myself. Yes, that's so great. And as I was going in, parking my little scooter, I ended up meeting two girls who were traveling by themselves too, who had just made friends a couple days ago. And so we kind of just clung to each other. They were also from the U.S. We went in. We're like, this is going to be so exciting. And through the ceremony, I won't go into all the details about the ceremony. I'll just do like a little brief overview. So it was basically, we were, we all did a meditation together, welcoming meditation. We were sitting on the sand on blankets under the beautiful moon and the stars and they pass you your cacao. We did a little prayer and then we eye gazed with a partner and we actually poured our love into the cacao, not for ourselves, but for the other person. We actually ended up exchanging cacaos with our eye gazing partner, which I thought was really beautiful. That's really yeah, nice. Really- I am just so enthralled. I wish I could be there because you know how I love to lead eye gazing. I know. The whole time I was eye gazing, I was thinking of you because I know how much you love it. Oh. Yeah. So after we did the eye gazing, we exchanged the cacao. We drank the cacao whilst doing a meditation. And then we did a holotropic breath work and this guy after the guy who was leading it played his guitar for 15 minutes. It was a sound experience and no one's talking. This is all a silent sacred ritual. And I ended up having a very big emotional release. Oh, you were crying. Yes, I was crying and I felt like something was coming up inside of me. And before we started the ritual, the facilitator told us instead of trying to attach to why you are feeling certain emotions during this experience, just try and feel it. Try not to say, oh, I'm feeling this way because of this. It was practicing non-attachment to feeling Mm. and trying not to think. Like, get out of your mind, get into your body, and just process what needs to come up. So, of course, I thought I was going to be processing more sadness. That was Mm. just immediate. I'm like, okay, I just needed to have another big cry again. And I got through the breath work. I felt a couple things really strong and they popped up into my head and I didn't attach to them. But after, of course, the next morning I sat with myself and did tea and journaled about it and stuff. And I feel like number one, I was just working through a lot of fear. 
mm-hmm. I recognize now that my last relationship had brought a lot of fear into my body and Mm -hmm. I needed the reason I've been rejecting going to any events like that is just because I I've been holding on to so much fear of letting go and releasing and being able to relax and just be myself and not have to worry about somebody else and so as I was crying I was recognizing it's it's okay. Like you're safe. You're safe. Just repeating my mantra over and over. You're safe to process. And when I finally started crying, it wasn't sadness that was coming up. It felt like a very joyful sobbing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. I love a joyful sob. So do I. And I haven't had a really joyful sob in a while, but I just looked up at the moon. I was under the stars doing a cacao ceremony with people I didn't know in the most incredible place on the beach, my listening to the waves crash in. And I was just crying like, girl, you made it. You made it through the craziest year and a half of your life. And you, you ended up exactly where you wanted to be on the beach free you're free you're free and I was just crying and crying and just like yes I made it (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh I love that story it was so nice and then of course after we incorporated singing we did chanting all together as a group and then the DJ came on And we did two hours of ecstatic dance. Like a woman was leading it. We were like crawling around in the sand, growling at each other. And she's like, become the animal you want to be. And I was like, I'm a bird. bird." (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, you weren't a bird. What kind of bird? I'm a bird. (laughs) I don't know what kind of bird, but I wanted to fly free like a bird. saying the word bird is sounding really funny right now saying I'm a bird is really funny (laughs) I'm a bird I'm a bird bird. no particular bird like I was just a bird (laughs) well I think you are a bird you have those little hollow bones yeah (laughs) little hollow bones I kind of like fly around you know it's just it was it was really nice and the ecstatic dance was nice we danced for two hours and we were not allowed to talk so it was really beautiful just sharing emotion and energy with everybody around without words I just felt like the entire thing was so powerful so I had just such a good night wow that is a story that I love I'm so glad you shared it (laughs) and And I think it's important because a lot of times we forget when we're in the shit of something that if you dedicate yourself to really allowing things to move through you and allowing yourself to clear out these energies, whether it be a breakup or, you know, things happening with your friendship or a part of yourself that you need to let go of, trauma, anything – When you're in the mix of it, it can feel like it's never going to end or like you have to always be sad about that thing. 
but it's important for us to remember that we're allowed to feel joy and allowed to come out on the other side. So that is just a beautiful, it was like your own personal ceremony. And I'm sure that each person there had their own experience, which is so nice. 100%. And, you know, I, I have been feeling, I've been really allowing my body to feel sadness or feel frustration and dance it out and sing it out like I've been singing sad sad songs for the last 10 months not because I'm wanting to feel sad but because that's what it feels like my body needs is to just Mm -hmm. sing sad lyrics and just let it all flow out of me but that moment when I kind of went in thinking oh no it's it's I'm just needing to process more sadness. But when I detached from the idea that that's what it was, when my body just felt what it needed to, I was able to feel so much joy and happiness. Totally. That's so wonderful. I love a joyful sob. I really do. I was just talking to Shane about I joyful sob, maybe not sob. I joyful cry probably once a day. I'm really a pretty emotional person these days, (laughs) but like a joyful sob will come through maybe once a month. And when that happens, it feels really good. Like I'll just, I I actually had a very joyful sob the other day. Who knew that our weekly update was going to be about joyful sobbing, but actually I can relate. I have been in a bit of a quandary around what exactly is missing from my life? Because I have done this past year for me, specifically from like January 2022 to January 2023, really, was this, it was a year for me of just clearing, 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 clearing out possessions, clearing out relationships that no longer served me, clearing out, you know, like checking things off, really getting naked, basically, it felt like it was a year of kind of getting naked, stripping down. And it was powerful for me. Mm -hmm. And really, really overwhelming in a lot of ways. It was really tough. And anyway, so we got to Washington where we are now and we're on five acres, really can't see another neighbor. It is really gorgeous. And I did a seven day water fast right when we got here. I think I mentioned that a couple times, but it was just important for me. (laughs) Okay. So uh, during that fast, so much started coming up for me, and I realized that I was feeling a little bit of lack around my work, actually. I have been offering one-on-one sessions for two years and never really evolved past that. Like I did, you know, a, a one group coaching I held a couple of events before I did Bling Empire, you know, there a lot of things were happening and I really loved it. But all of a sudden I just realized, wait a second, I, my goal is not to be just my only thing is not supposed to be Zoom sessions, like one-on-one. So it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm trying to force this Instagram thing. It's not feeling good. I I don't want to be on social media. I want to just clear, clear, clear. 
And what can I say? I had a huge answer to my questions come through. And I realized that I really need to be in front of an audience in some way. And so I am moving after we are here in Washington, then we're going to Montana. We're actually going to Michigan after that and then back to California. <laughs> but it by the time we get to August, we are moving to New York City and I am pursuing a life on the stage and it's happening. Oh my God. Yes. Hello, honey. Yes. yes. <laughs> and so... And so I'm still offering coaching. It's obviously going to be pretty specific who I work with just because of my time constraints. Um, I'm still offering coaching. I'm still releasing a book, my first ebook, which I hopefully will be able to publish at some point, like, you know, in paperback or whatever. But that is coming soon. Every time I think I'm done with it. I remember something else that I have to put in there. So it's a book on sexual embodiment and coming home to ourselves. And so it is like right now it's 30 pages of just my work of the last, you know, it'll probably be way more than that when it comes out on ebook. But anyway, so I'm still doing that stuff, but I am pursuing what I think I'm supposed to be doing for the rest of my life probably, which is expressing myself on stage and I'll be more specific about that you know coming up but I want to save some for later so quickly that's what my joyful sob was about because I came to this realization and then I found the perfect apartment for us and had this amazing exchange the landlord of it is living in an ashram in India and he loved my energy and I loved his energy and we ended up literally booking this place and the second we booked it I just started joyful sobbing because I just felt like I had a struggle of a year and it felt like everything it was just a moment where it felt like everything all at once in my life was leading up to this moment where I can finally say, I'm not doing anything to become famous. I'm following my heart's mission. And my heart's, what my heart wants to do is entertain. My heart loves to laugh and entertain and really move a crowd. That's where my powerful place is. And so I'm overwhelmed with joy to be able to offer that kind of feeling into my coaching and also to really pursue this shit. So that's it. <laughs> she is heading to New York, baby, which means I am heading to New York. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we are going to have a an East Coast probably about a year for me. I, I am assuming that if, you know, you don't move to New York for a couple months. At least I don't think so. So we have a lease for a year. And we'll see if we keep it. That is going to be so much fun. And I'm so glad that you decided to choose that place because I have obviously want to live so close to Lauren and Shane. And I was really wanting to do New York or the East Coast for a little bit. And so, man, it's so nice when our plans just align. I cannot wait to be at every single one of anything that you do. And I just want to tell everybody that it's not like this is coming from nowhere, okay? Lauren yes. and I have been do talking about this for, I think, your 
your actual entire life. Mm-hmm. Your whole life. I mean, I've been – so I have been acting. Like, I was cast as a third grader in the sixth grade play. Remember, I was Belle in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I remember. And then in high school, I thought – I hate volleyball. I was playing volleyball and I'm like, you know what? This sucks. I'm going to skip practice and go audition for the theater. And I got cast in Jekyll and Hyde and then in Amadeus and then did all these one acts. I I would compete in theater. And then in college, I also competed in speech and debate, giving speeches, which were like dramatic performances and prose. And then I was in the vagina monologues. I directed the vagina monologues. And then I just went through this really long period of no stage. Very interestingly, this coincided with meeting my first narcissist partner (laughs) back in college. Really, it did. When I kind of stopped doing this, when I stopped doing theater was when I got entangled in that relationship. And I'm really excited to just go express myself and see – see where it takes me. That realization for me has been really huge these last couple of weeks. And I wanted to talk about that today, which is really the foundation of our episode is just the permission to change. Because it's really interesting, especially if you gain a little bit of notoriety or you gain a certain standing in a position, you hit a certain financial goal, you may have really loved what you're doing at some point. And then all of a sudden you kind of get the call to change direction. And I I fear and I predict that a lot of people do not change. You'll try to force yourself into continuing to love exactly what you're doing, kind of shame yourself for why you can't just be happy doing what you're doing. And really, it's important for us as people to evolve and to listen to those calls of the heart. Because our heart is never wrong. It's asking us, it's steering us in a particular direction. And when we choose to not betray the heart and we choose to listen and get curious about what it's saying and then try our best to bow to it, I really feel like life takes on a whole new essence and a whole new meaning and a whole new energy. So if you haven't joyfully sobbed in a while or maybe if you never have, Camille and I are both talking about reaching a place of joyful sobbing because we really followed our hearts, even if it was really difficult, like really difficult, leaving a relationship, changing careers, you know, questioning stuff that comes up inside of us. And so we're talking about that a bit today and just want to give you, the listeners, the opportunity to sit with yourselves during this episode and just think, okay, where am I being called to step in a new direction? Maybe you're not right now, but you can save this episode and listen to it later if you are at some point. Yes, that is a beautiful segue, specifically because this has been coming up a lot for me and for friends around me. And I think that it's just a collective energy right now that we are breaking the mold of our grandparents and our parents' generation. 
The millennials yeah. are the real trailblazers yeah. who are exploring what it feels like to make dramatic changes in their lives. Mm-hmm. And Gen Z is coming into that too and stepping into that. But we're breaking away from the idea that we have to have a single partner forever and be married and just put up with anything because that's who you choose and make vows to. We're breaking Mm -hmm. away from the idea of working one career forever because it looks better for your resume to only have one job location on your resume. Mm -hmm. And we're breaking away from the idea that we have to have a permanent home, right? Mm -hmm. A lot more people are going nomadic. They're traveling. They're they're spending what they're making because they're doing experiences that they love instead of putting all the money into their 401ks. And I think that as a collective, as we are shifting this many things, it does create discomfort, but it also is how the world changes. Like I know I'm getting kind of deep about it, but I feel like following our hearts and pursuing the things that fill us with joy and discomfort and we work through it to to reach that pillar is the way that we're going to shift our emotional energy as a culture as well. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And like stuff is coming up for me here too, around like millennials, definitely, especially if you're kind of in the entrepreneurship space or you want to be, I think millennials talk a lot of crap about these like nine to five jobs, at least in our circles, you know, it's like, oh my God, I could never do that. But then people are working themselves to the bone on their own ventures too and amassing so many items and things and then needing to work more and have more side hustles in order to keep that kind of lifestyle going. And that might not feel good forever. And so I, I just really don't have much of a message today other than just you are allowed to change your mind at any point and for any reason. You are allowed to change your mind if you're going in one direction. And for example, I want to just talk a little bit about what this feels like for me. I did OnlyFans for a while. I was really confused and was like, I'm going to do OnlyFans. I've always been interested in sex. I've always been interested in self-expression and feminism and all of this stuff. So I jumped into OnlyFans, convinced my family that I was in a healthy, open relationship and that I was going to do OnlyFans. And nobody could stop me because I was doing this to liberate myself and to be sexually expressive and to make some money. And it was great. Literally six months later or five or six months later, I realized that I had to stop doing that cold turkey. So I stood on a coin, pivoted and was like, okay, I'm going to do sex coaching because it feels right and it's so good and that's what I need to be doing. So I started my business and did that for two years and absolutely loved it. And then I was faced with a very similar thing again, where it's like, okay, is this what you want to be doing forever? Do you see this being your ultimate thing? And the answer is actually no. I I want to coach and I want to be on stage and I want to make people laugh. When I tell my parents this or when I tell random, you know, I haven't told a lot of random strangers, but when I've told my best friends, a lot people are just nodding their head like, we never know what it's going to be with you. I have no idea, you know, how to even handle all of these changes. But what I want to reiterate is that all of it comes from my heart. And 
it's really important to just say yes to it. There are going to be people like I remember mom, I told mom and she's like, what do you mean? Why would you do this? And I'm like, mom, I'm, I'm fulfilling my (laughs) passion, you know? And it's like, you will have people no matter what you're doing, who will say, why would you do that? Aren't you a little old? Oh, you're going to be working in a lot of restaurants if that's the path you're going to pursue. You know, I, one of my favorite comedians, Tom Segura, was talking about how his mom, he called his mom and said that he was going to move to LA to be a stand-up comedian. This is a bit that he does, that he was going to move to LA to become a stand-up comedian. And she's like, why don't you be a mailman? Like she wanted him to join the post the postal <laughs> service. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of like that's the kind of feedback you get when you go to follow a dream sometimes. And so I want to just oh, be the permission yeah. godmother today and say just go for it. Holy shit. Yeah, we're giving you the permission that your parents are not going to give you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and most of your friends will not give you. Your partner is going to be so confused about it. But we are giving you the permission to jump because both of us have made such significant changes in the last two years. And I wholeheartedly can say that I feel more joy and excitement and just general generally feel more emotion than I have felt in the rest of my entire life and the decisions I've made make absolutely no sense I was 25 26 years old almost making six figures already as an engineer and I quit to literally make zero dollars a year (laughs) right and be in total yeah. panic mode. <laughs> yes. Zero dollars. I, I did it to launch. I've had multiple failed businesses already. Like people don't really mention that. Like I have tried multiple different venues. I had a clothing company. I started a real estate business that didn't do well. And I kind of just fumbled around saying, yeah, I'll try this and I'll try this until I found something that I really love, which is my coaching business. And I feel really passionate and excited about that right now. It's fueling me. I feel very fulfilled. But to anybody else who saw me struggle through engineering school, get do the hardest eight-hour exam of my life so that I could be certified to do engineering, this made absolutely no sense. And also, getting a divorce when you're 27 is scary as shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, you got married so quick, which was probably scary as shit, but didn't feel scary because you were following your heart. And then getting divorced, I mean, what could have taught you a better lesson than to go through this heartbreak? Like, that was the most vulnerable thing you ever did was to love somebody so hard that you get married very quickly, young, and kind of say to everybody, whatever, I'm in love. And then it doesn't work out and you have to face that and it's like crap how embarrassing so many people would have stayed because they couldn't have faced it so many people stay and I hear so many women say this they'll ask questions like do you think this is my person if you're constantly in question if somebody is your person or in question of staying or leaving I'm telling you right now that that feeling in your heart is not gonna bounce back the other way the feelings Mm -hmm. of leaving just keep growing stronger and stronger and 
that means your heart is calling you to leave. I I feel like relationships are the most vulnerable piece of all of this because it is so scary to think about being alone. I know. I know and I am so certain that us being alone and entering that phase when you go into your cocoon is really just you gearing up for something so much more beautiful. I couldn't agree more. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I was just talking to Shane about this last night because I was saying how when I left my last relationship, which was not a marriage, but it felt like a marriage. I mean, I, I've said it before, but like literally we had everything tied together. Like finance, it yeah. was a scary situation. I had taken on so much debt to – help this person through a time and they were in the process of paying me back and I it was like unbelievably scary to leave and I didn't even understand it because I had been really really a champion for the style of relationship we had for our relationship and you can listen to more about this in the um the truth about open relationships episode but Oh my God, when I stepped away from that relationship, it was like the most defining moment of my life because I found that I could really trust my heart and really trust that no matter what I was telling myself on paper, it just wasn't the truth because my heart was the truth. My heart was the truth and your heart is the truth. The person who's listening to this right now, your heart is the Mm -hmm. truth. So if you have that aching, that kind of desire that like, oh, it's just not feeling right. Feel into that. Feel into that because it might – and also it might be really scary what's on the other side of it. The other day when I was feeling into like, why isn't this feeling right? Like – Everybody else can do this online business thing. And I, I'm feel it's not feeling right. I'm just wanting to work with clients that find me and feel connected to me. I don't want to put out, you know, all of this content and all of these campaigns. I just don't want to. I just don't want to. I just don't want to. And all of a sudden I was like, I just don't want to. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. The message is here. I just don't want to. Okay. So what does that mean? What if I don't? What if I don't? What if I stop doing that? Okay, what if I stop doing that? What if I stop doing that? Then it might look like this and boom, I'm moving to New York. It's like sometimes that's what it's like and that's what it was like for me in my relationship too. This isn't feeling right. I'm just not liking this. I'm just not liking this. Really for me what it was is I kept saying, it's so weird, but I kept saying I want to punch a hole through the wall. That was my thing. It was like, I want to punch a hole through the wall. I want to punch a hole through the wall. And I'm like, why do I want to punch a hole through the wall? Because I kind of hate him and I have to go. And so you have to listen to this. You have to listen to this. Even if you thought this was your person forever, even if you thought this was your job forever, it's like that little whispering is so important. It's so important. And let me tell you something. It gets quieter and quieter and quieter the less that you obey it. It starts to become a very Mm -hmm. faint voice. And then you're asking the question, how do I know what my intuition is saying? How do I listen to my heart? Because you don't know. Because you haven't trusted it and you haven't really honored the relationship that you have with it. 
Yes, 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 yes. I mean, just 100% yes. I feel like we get the question so often of how do Mm -hmm. I follow my intuition? And I'm like, you start fucking listening. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Start listening. It's so hard when we do these little maneuvers to get around the discomfort and just stay where we are instead of listening to that little feeling. And you know what? You end up waking up when you're 50 and people are like, oh, everybody has a midlife crisis. I'm like, no, it's just that when they were 20, 30, 40, they stopped listening to their heart. And now they're having a fucking meltdown because they're in the middle of their life. They realize they don't even have half left and they haven't listened to things that are making them happy. Of course, they're leaving their husbands. (laughs) Right. Yes. I, I want people to. It feels like you as you get old if you don't start following it now I feel like it happens when you're later in a much more dramatic manner and (laughs) and it messes your kids up yeah then your kids are messed up they don't even know who their mom is (laughs) I want to just tell people this okay what if it is all a dream what if this whole existence this whole life everything you're saying is just a dream and you are the main character When you close your eyes and go into your mind and it's dark and you can visualize things and think about things, that's your existence. And when you open your eyes, everything else around you is just things that have been created by different materials, okay? This is just, if it's all just a dream and it's all just a part of your mind, how would you want your dream to go? Mm-hmm. If you could be a lucid dreamer of your whole life, creating your movie, becoming the main character, how would you want to do it? Would you be putting your dreams aside because of your partner not want? Would you not be traveling because your boyfriend doesn't want to travel? This guy who isn't texting you a lot and you're sort of having a situation ship, but you're scared to leave because you might miss an experience of hanging out with them. Would you still be doing that if this were a dream or would you be changing it and making your life more exciting? Yeah. I love that. I just, I, I feel like I tap into that main character energy thought very often because I love, and and this is a new thing for me in the last couple years, but I love to look at my life as if it's a movie or as if I'm 80 reviewing my whole life and thinking, Hmm. Did I like the way I was living when I was 26 or 27? Or do I wish I would have left that person then? Do I wish I would have followed my heart and gone on the trip, booked the vacation? I right. Mean, I, I have so many people who met me like, holy crap, your life looks so fun. How do I, I, I wish I could do that. And I, all I say to you is you can, you can, mm-hmm. you can live like you can. <laughs> You can do what you want. You don't have to be doing exactly what you're doing right now. (laughs) Right. I know. I get really passionate about this because I, I see people, I'm surrounded by people right now who at one point didn't think they could, didn't think that they could do it. And now they're all doing it. Mm -hmm. That's the thing too, is that then you attract that and it feels good. But even if that, like, let's say, Cammie, this, I want to drill down into this because even if, let's say that you're living this life that you are right now, 
you're in Tulum, you're doing all this stuff. It appears to be the most fun. And it is. You're genuinely having the most fun. But you wake up one morning and you're like, man, I'm really missing the structure of being an engineer. I want to be an engineer. Like, I miss that. I I miss, you know, this. And maybe I could do some consulting. Mm -hmm. You're not failing. The people who said all of that stuff to you about you shouldn't be, you know, uh, leaving your job or, oh, you'll come back to your job – they're not necessarily right. You're still following that internal flame that's being ignited in you. And as long as it's in passion and love and not in fear, it's still the right direction. And so that's, I want to come full circle on that because let's say that I end up going back to being a professor or I try this new thing in New York and it doesn't pan out and I end up you know, launching a a ton of courses and a a coaching course and all of this stuff because that's what feels right. I end up leading ceremony and doing a lot of stuff with medicine and, you know, kind of the path that I was going down. That would still be okay as long as it's in alignment with what's feeling good inside my heart. And so I guess a lot of this Mm -hmm. too is not only is this the permission to change, but it's also permission to say, fuck what anybody else is saying. Have your sacred Mm -hmm. circle of people that you really trust and you'll know who they are by who's supporting you. Shane Mm -hmm. supports the shit out of me, but he'll tell me if something that I'm saying, like if I were to tell him, you know what, I'm going to Hollywood and I'm pursuing a career in singing, he would say, oh my God, okay, well, I don't think we should really go specifically for that. Maybe you start with some local venues and see if you could maybe take some lessons. I know that he wouldn't just be on the bandwagon for anything, but, you know, I trust that Shane's got my back. I trust that you've got my back. And really anybody else, I'm like, fuck them. That's really how I feel is like, you'll see. You'll see. It's okay. It's okay. And if I fail, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And you have to cultivate that kind of confidence too, because at first, at first you want everybody's approval. And so a lot of this is working on all of the other stuff that Camille and I talk about too, because it takes courage to make changes like this. It takes courage to really follow Mm -hmm. your heart. And so working on the meditation stuff, the breath work, the um, self-love rituals and acts that we talk about, the having honest conversations with people, starting to activate your throat chakra and focusing on your lower belly, that stuff gets you to a place where these kind of bigger decisions feel more like part of life and just part of the excitement of being alive. Yes. Yes. And I just want to let everybody (laughs) – I just want to tell the wolf pack too, along the same lines of the stuff you were saying, like if I ever wanted to go back to engineering, I have thought about that. I've thought in my he- in my head, you know, hmm, what if I could go back to consulting for a while? And right now it doesn't feel right, but I just want to nail in the point that just because you take a path does not mean that that now has to be your path forever. Right. And this has come, this keeps coming up. Like 
I had a girlfriend yesterday say, I think I want to move back to LA for a little while. And she goes, but what if I'm going to miss it here? What if I'm, and then, and all of us in the car, we said, then you'll come back. And you know that, then you'll come back. If you miss it and you hate it, you'll come back. I have had clients walk away from relationships and welcome in new love that is more than they ever could have imagined. And I also have had clients that left relationships found themselves focused on breathwork and meditation and ended up with the same person again in a completely Mm -hmm. different light. What is meant for you will not pass you by in relationships, in careers, in locations. If you give yourself the permission to change, that's ever evolving and you'll stick with that forever. You'll always be leading with what feels good. And if something comes back into your circle, that just means that that's what's for you. I love that. It's a, it's a, such an important point. Yeah, I just don't even know what else to say other than follow your mother effing heart. She won't lead you wrong. She won't lead you wrong. And it's one of those things where you can read all of the self-help books. You can listen to this podcast religiously. You can go to an ayahuasca ceremony, do bufo, take mushrooms a hundred times, and clear out all of this stuff that you need to process, go to therapy, all of that. But you won't be able to establish a strong relationship with your heart and still, until you start making scary leaps. And it feels scary. Mm-hmm. It, that's the important thing to say is that there are all of these things that come up. Like, what if it's this? What if this happens? But it's like right when you wake up in the morning – at least this is how it happens for me. Even if I feel scared and I'm like, but what if I fail? What if people don't enjoy what I'm doing? What if it's too expensive where I'm going? What if I can't afford it? What if I fall flat on my face? That all comes up. But it's like when I wake up in the morning, if it's one of the first things on my mind and it gets me excited to get out of bed, that's the choice that I have to make. And it's kind of like, hold on to your horses. I know that I've said similar things before on the podcast, but this is my favorite thing to talk about is how to make these giant heart leaps. And so you've just got to do it and trust yourself because we we can tell you a million times how many times we've done this. You can listen to other books, motivational speakers, blah, 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 blah. But you've got to do it, kid. I'll tell you how it comes up for me and we – talked about this before you always say this it's always the thing I'm trying to convince myself out of yeah I really want to leave him but splitting all the material things would be hard and how am I gonna do it financially and all oh no also because I am a dreamer and I create little scenarios it always feels like I gear up for these decisions for a long time before they happen. Like I will be creating the little scenarios in my head of how things are going to (laughs) go. Like, okay, if I were to do this, maybe I would look at a studio apartment. Maybe I would do this. Maybe I would do this. And then I keep coming back and I'm like, no, but I don't need to do that stuff. I don't need to do that stuff. And then all of a sudden, my heart is just like, you're going to do it. You're going to leave right now. And all of the little scenarios you already played out in your head are going to come true. (laughs) Right. Yes. 
That's how it happens for me yeah. too. Okay, this is what I wanted to say too. Because I also still love to do my witchy rituals and stuff. I try not to have too much attachment towards, you know, pulling tarot cards and stuff. But if you are a person who's going to like a Reiki healer or to get a tarot reading or doing a meditation or a breathwork ceremony, what are you hoping comes up? Mm. What are you hoping comes up? Or when somebody is pulling tarot for you and it's like, oh, looks like a big change is in store for you. And that thing comes to mind. It's like flipping a coin and you know there's one that you want to happen more than the other one. Mm -hmm. That is the one that you need to go with. (laughs) Yeah, I never thought about that before. Yes. What are you hoping they'd say? I wouldn't go to a psychic for like a year and a half because I was so scared the psychic would tell me I needed to leave my ex. You also almost didn't do Bufo because of that. I know because I had this little thought in my mind like, oh, I don't want them to say that because then that means I might actually have to do that. Right. 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 I feel like that happens with tarot too. And with just all these spiritual rituals, we're always sort of hoping and willing that it goes in one direction. And I feel like that's the thing that you need to follow. Like that's where your heart is pulling you. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I feel like earlier on in the, the episode you mentioned, I think it was just in your weekly update, you mentioned non-attachment Oh, yeah. It's when you were doing your ceremony. They mentioned not attaching to the reason that emotion is coming up. I feel like, mm-hmm. I mean, practicing non-attachment is so vital if <laughs> in, in these instances, in these circumstances. Um, but especially when you're about to make a big change or you're being called to make a change, I think oftentimes we will attach to the reason we're being called to that change. It's like, oh, I'm being called to this because I'm supposed to do this new thing. And that one person said this to me in third grade, which triggered this. And now I'm here. And so we'll kind of take ourselves on these arduous and exhausting fairy tale journeys of what our life might look like if we make this change. And really Mm -hmm. what what you can do to benefit yourself the most is to stay present through all of these different callings and to stay present through these changes to be right with your body where you are. Because if you start to future project or go back into the past, even while you're making the change, it won't be as sweet. You won't be as available for it if you're not coming back into the present. Again, practicing the meditation, practicing the breath work, practicing being honest and quiet with yourself. That's the creme de la creme. That's the goal for your whole life. Everything else is just cakewalk. Yep. I just, I think about that with every big change that I've made, just trying to be as present as possible and actually enjoy. Like when I was leaving my job, not attaching to thinking, oh my God, I'm never going to make this much money again. How will I do it? I'll have to work so hard as an entrepreneur. Or when I was leaving a marriage, like a person I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with, not thinking to myself, oh my God, what if you never meet somebody again who does the things that you like that he does or lives with you in such an easy way or someone who wants to marry you? It was like, 
telling my mind, please, please, those things do not matter. I know that all I, all that matters is now. And all that matters is that I feel like shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I need to get out of this. Yes. I need to get out of this. And if I follow that feeling and follow the feeling of feeling better, all I want to do is feel better. I know that better is going to come into my life. Just right. trusting that and just allowing myself to just dive into the fear without the millions of thoughts. But man, I'm telling you, I could not have done it without breathwork and meditation, you guys. I couldn't mm-hmm. have. I know. Welcoming those practices to practice for presence when shit hits the fan. It's important. It's important. If you haven't listened to our last episode on meditation, our last couple of episodes on anxiety and healing, it it's so important. Start start there if you want to get in touch with intuition and give yourself the courage and the power to carry forward with choices that are going to set your heart on fire. And those things are free and they're available to you always as long as you're alive and breathing with a beating heart. I mean, you can have those for the rest of your life. So there we go. There we go. Bingo, bango, bongo. I feel good. I feel like I'm ready to make some choices. No, I, <laughs> I don't have anything else to change. <laughs> At this point, but it will come. At this point, I am alone. I am in a different country. <laughs> no, I don't have a job. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I am on my last penny and I am serious. I've got one cent to my name (laughs) and it's a peso. (laughs) What we talk about in at the Den Mothers podcast is all stuff that comes from the hearts of me and Lauren. We're not just talking about this stuff and not pursuing it ourselves. This is stuff that we follow. This is things that we do every day, things that we coach on. Both of us offer one-on-one coaching. If you're feeling totally stuck and like, I don't know where the hell to even start in order to get to a place where I can make those massive decisions, you're you're looking at the right people. <laughs> Reach out to us. Join our VIWP at Patreon. You can look up both of our coachings and what that has to offer. Lauren's at SheWolfLauren.com. Mine at HealWithCamille.com. Take the first leap. Invest in yourself. Invest in your own healing. And no matter what that looks like for you, get in touch with the heart and become the main character again. Cheers to that. We love you and we'll see you next week. Ow, ow.